Okay, we're learning Daf Lamed Tes. We're starting from the bottom of Lamed Chesamid page of the Mishnah. So this is actually uh, the famous sugyas, the most that we can glean about the mitzvah of Bikor Cholim. It comes from the next two Daf and Gemara. So the Mishnah says, We're very familiar with that scenario, right? Ruben has a vow, he can't benefit from Shimon. So it says, he comes to visit him. Now the question is, who is coming to visit who? You have Reuven who can't, can't benefit from Shimon. Is Reuven sick and Shimon is coming, to benefit, is coming to visit him? And the issue is, is Shimon giving him benefit by paying him the visit? Is that the issue? Or is the issue just the opposite? Reuven can't benefit from Shimon. Shimon is getting sick. And Reuven is coming to pay Shimon a visit and he's hanging out in his house. And that might be the issue that he's hanging out in his house. So which one is it? Very confusing because the Mishnah doesn't say which person is sick and what is the issue. So we'll see in the Gemara. Oh, made of a low Yoshe. But the Psaac that we get is you can come in and do the Bikr Cholim visit, but you can't sit down. Now, one of the things we're going to see about Bikr Cholim is that Bikr Cholim, you don't have to do anything. You can simply come in and leave. You don't really have to do much. The repose can tell us that the root of the mitzvah is to examine, like Levaker. Not, not, not to visit. To visit is really completely the wrong translation. The, the word is to, to look into the needs of the chola, like bikur, examination. So you really can just come in, stand. You don't have to sit down. You don't have to talk to the guy. None of those things are required. So the Mishra is saying you can stand, but you can't sit. And we'll understand that qualification a little bit better coming up. Marapa refuas nefesh. You can even heal him for the nefesh. Avalu refuas maman. But you can't do a healing which is monetary. We'll have to understand what in the world that's talking about either. So we'll see that in the Gemara as well. Okay, so first the Gemara says, let's try to f- figure out what the case is. Well, I ask, you know, what is the case? Again, let's just give names for it always. It's easier if Ruvain has declared a vow not to benefit from Shimon. Is it the case where it's the visitor's possessions that are also onto the sick person? So meaning Ruvain got sick and Shimon wants to come visit him. And the issue is, is Shimon giving on to Ruvain by giving, by giving him a beaker cholon visit? So let's think about it. So first of all, there is benefit. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to deny that there is benefit for his patient when he has a visitor, right? He might look into his needs. The Gemara is going to say later he might take some of his illness. There are different subtle sorts of benefits that the patient, the, the sick person might have when he's visited. But, but we could also understand that all of these benefits are, in, are indirect. When you show up, you're not giving somebody benefit just by showing up. It's not like, oh, I'm here, benefit, take my benefit. Directly, you're there, you see something, you know, there, there's some of the sickness goes to you, whatever it is, about bigger cholim. But that's not going to be a straight iser and showing up because you're giving a new hana. We're, I think we can all understand that. That's indirect. And we've seen enough in the parak to understand that unless it's a direct giving of new hana, then that's not an issue. You wouldn't say that showing up to be mevakar chola is giving someone something new of value. That's an act of giving someone new value. You could understand that it's not. But if that's the pshat, and that's why you're allowed to pay the Bikr Cholim visit, which we could understand. Again, the Gemara is not challenging how Shimon could show up and visit Ruvain if Ruvain has a vow not to benefit from Shimon. The Gemara is not challenging that. But what the Gemara is challenging is then, Afilu Yoshev Nami. Then let Shimon sit down. What's the difference if he's standing or he's sitting? Even if he sits and it's more of, you know, uh, more of a, a broader visit, it's like he talks to him or whatever it is, he's still not giving him any de- definitive value which should be Aser. So if your hat for him to do Bikr Cholim is based upon he's just doing a mitzvah Bikr Cholim and there's indirect Hana coming to Ruvain, so let Shimon sit as well. Elamai, you're going to flip it around. You're going to say, It's just the opposite. Shimon got sick. And it's the possessions of the sick person are also on the visitor. So that means Ruvain wants to come and visit Shimon. And the issue is Ruvain is ordinarily not allowed to come and hang out in Shimon's house because Ruvain can't get enough from Shimon. So very good, Shimon's sick and Ruvain is only... 
is only coming to pay to do the mitzvah of bigger cholim, but mitzvah or not mitzvah. At the end of the day, he's getting benefit by being in the shelter, by being in his house, right? He's not outside. Says the Gemara, so then the visitor shouldn't be allowed to even stand because at the end of the day, he's getting benefit, real tangible item of value by coming into Shimon's house. Reuven can't get Hanah from Shimon. Showing up in his house, enjoying the shelter, that's getting Hanah. The fact that you're doing a mitzvah, even if you're only, uh, even if you're only standing and you're not even sitting down, but you're still, ple- you're still deriving pleasure and benefit from the shelter. So basically, the way it comes out that no matter which party has the, has the nether, whether it's Reuven or whether it's Shimon, there's no reason to be mechalik between standing and sitting. Either we should understand both of them to be mutter or both of them to be aser. So it's very important to calibrate our minds with what the Gemara's premises are. Again, Reuven took a hanah, took a vow, he's not going to get hanah from Shimon. The Gemara thinks that's what's logical is that if Reuven got sick, Shimon could pay him a visit because he's not giving him a direct item of value. He's not giving him direct hanah. But therefore, it should be mutter even to sit. And if it's the opposite, where Shimon got sick and Reuven wants to come into Shimon's house to visit him, the Gemara thinks that even standing should be aser. That's what the Gemara thinks. The problem is, is that the Mishnah said, in some case, one of the parties is allowed to stand, but he's not allowed to sit. And therefore, the Gemara is struggling to understand what the scenario is. So the Gemara gives two different approaches here. The first approach, Amar Shmuel. Really, the mission is dealing with the case where it's the visitors, things who are also around to the sick person. So in our scenario, Ruvain took another not to get an off from Shimon. Shimon may come visit Ruvain. He's not giving him an off. We understand. I, the question was, so let him sit as well. The answer is as follows. When a person pays Bikr Cholim visits, there were different customs about whether or not they were compensated. And why would a person be compensated? Well, first of all, they might take off time from their job. Second of all, they might be helping the Cholim. They might be taking some of the sickness. There are different reasons why somebody might be charging. And if the normal thing to do is to charge. So if you want to come in and charge, that's fine. You're not ben- then you're not, then Ruben's not benefiting from Shimon. Shimon showed up, sent him the bill. That's fine. He's not benefiting from Shimon. But if Shimon chooses to waive the ordinary fee, which most people pay in that region, that would be an issue. That's the shot. So usually what the, what the Gemara is saying is that people will take payment if they sit with the sick person, but they don't take payment if they just stand with the sick person. So assuming that's the case, and again, the Gemara is going to jump all over that. Why are we assuming that's the case that people charge only for sitting and not for standing? But assuming that's the scenario, then everything's great. If Shimon wants to pay a bigger hole and visit, inherently there's nothing wrong with that. But to pay him the visit and not charge for when people normally charge to sit, that's a problem because by waiving the fee, for sitting and you don't charge that, then you're giving direct value towards Reuven. So therefore to sit, for Shimon to sit with Reuven and not charge is a problem, but for him to stand is not a problem because it's a place where people charge only for sitting and not for standing. That's the Gemara's understanding. Frek the Gemara, my Pasca, what kind of generalization is that? Why are you assuming that to be the case? Like how is the Mishnah supposed to make such a sharp point? We're talking about a place where they charge, but only for sitting and not for standing. If they, you know what, it could just be telling them what the, lo- what the, what the local custom is. Or maybe there's a place where people charge just the opposite, you know? Charge for standing, not sitting out. Why is it that way? Says the Gemara, no, Hakamashmal and the Mishnah is telling us important information. Even if you have a place where the custom is to charge for the payments, for visiting the sick, you should only charge if you're sitting, but for, to, to charge for standing is not allowed. Why is it not allowed? What's the, what's the missing point here? So we learned a couple days ago that you're not allowed to charge money for teaching Torah. Remember, that today we're taking it a step further, that you're never meant to charge a person for a mitzvah that you do for them. It's not only for teaching Torah. It's not only about the education. 
It's about a mitzvah as well. So if the Torah expects a person to be mavakar chola, then that's such a thing you don't charge for. You don't charge for bikr cholim. You don't charge for the mitzvah itself of doing the bikr. So therefore, even if you would be tempted that there should be a fee to charge compensation for doing bikr cholim, we do not charge. We do not charge for bikr cholim. So if a person comes and he just stands with the patient, no charging whatsoever. And that's why Shem is always allowed to come in and stand and visit, and visit Ruvain. But sitting, that's already extra. That's beyond the parameters what's necessary for the mitzvah. What's beyond the parameters of what's necessary for the mitzvah, you're totally in, in line to charge. So therefore, if you want to charge for, for sitting, that's fine. And now it makes sense. If Shimon would come in and waive the fee, he'd be giving Ruven Ana. So the Mishnah is assuming we're talking about a location of people where they would charge. But the Mishnah is informing us that we only charge for sitting what's beyond the parameters of the mitzvah, but not for standing. If Shimon wants to come in now and waive his fee, so to stand is fine because there's never a fee for standing. But to waive the fee for sitting where ordinarily there is a fee, then there's such a thing would be a problem. But in a Hanami, what comes out if Shimon wants to come in and charge? That's fine, right? He's not giving him a direct item of value then. Great. That's the first approach of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, this is just a slight variation of the first approach. We're still keeping the case where well, Reuven can't benefit from Shimon and, and Reuven got sick and Shimon's allowed to pay him the visit. I, we don't understand why he can't sit with him. It's like something Rabbi Shimon ben Yaakim said, we're going to learn coming up in a couple of Amida. Sometimes we're scared you're going to stand there longer than necessary. By us, in our case, if we let the guy sit down, what's going to happen is He's going to sit a little bit longer than it's necessary to do the mitzvah. In other words, he's going to delay. He's going to, he, as long as he's do, visiting the, the, the patient and he's doing the mitzvah bigger whole, and we can understand that that's fine. He's not giving him a direct value. But if he's, gonna, if he's going to inadvertently stay there with the patient longer than necessary, that, then he's going to be, perhaps be giving him direct anah. Meaning, and here we see a very hard concept, but listen to the concept. When you visit a person, if let's say just take a step back. Ruvain said, I won't get anah from Shimon. Nothing to do with Bikr Cholim now. Can Shimon visit Ruvain and pay him a visit? The Gemara is assuming no. That is an item of value. Companionship, friendship, hanging out with you, that would be awesome. The only reason we were arguing that it was indirect benefit was only because what you're doing was an act of a mitzvah. It was a mice of Bikr Cholim. I, from the Bikr Cholim, you get on. No, no, that's just the indirect outcome. But what I'm doing is Bikr Cholim. But if you would go and hang out there for two hours, way beyond the time that somebody could say you're being Mavak or Chola and you're just chilling with him, that is clearly going to be defined as an act of giving Hanol. So this is a really hard point here because it's subtle. What it was within the mitzvah, then we can say, even though it does benefit the person, but that's not what you're doing. What you're doing is the mitzvah. You're not giving him the benefit. The, the mitzvah ends up giving him something. But the second that you're sitting there too long and you sat down and you're comfortable and you have nothing reminding you you have to get out and leave, we're scared you're going to delay there and advertently come to hang out with him for two hours where nobody could say that the action is defined as a beaker hole and visit. It's much more. You hung out for the afternoon. And if you hung out for the afternoon, then you gave him a fana. So that's a very interesting point that's coming out in the Gemara. So in the second approach, where again, we're taking the same thing. Reuven can't get on up from Shimon. Shimon is paying the visit to Reuven. The reason he could stand, because no problem. He's just doing the mitzvah indirectly giving him an all. The reason he can't sit is because we're scared the sitting is going to turn into a chilling. Chilling is going to turn into hanging out. At that point already, we beyond what the mitzvah is. Once it's beyond what the mitzvah is, Shimon is giving him an all by showing up. This is a hard point. It's probably the third time we've seen it in the parak where you could be doing the same thing giving him the same thing. But if all is said and done, one is defined as an act of a mitzvah, it's not a problem. We'll view the benefit as being indirect. But once it's beyond the mitzvah, that same benefit will now say, oh, you gave him benefit. 
So now the Gemara gives a completely different approach. This is, I guess, you could call it the third, the second slash third approach to the Mishnah. Ula Amar, we're going to flip it around. The Ulam say, just the opposite. Shimon got sick. Reuven is showing up to, to, to Shimon's house to pay him a visit. So again, Shimon can't get enough from, Reuven can't get enough from Shimon. Shimon gets sick. Reuven is going to do the Bikr Cholim visit. The issue is, Reuven's going to come into his house. He's probably getting enough from the shelter. The answer is, we understand that Shimon didn't place the nether upon the visitor when it would restrict things that benefit him. Meaning to say, Shimon said to Reuven, you can't get any benefit from me. Right? So ordinarily, that means, Reuven, don't show up in my house. I don't want you hanging out. But here, you're hanging out, benefits me. Because that's the whole point. You're visiting me in my time of need. So if you're visiting me in my time of need, that's a whole different discussion. There, there, there Shimon never intended to ask Reuven on things that would benefit his own well-being. So therefore, Reuven's allowed to come in and pay the Bikr Cholim visit. Ordinarily, for Reuven to show up in Shimon's house, forbidden. But for Reuven to show up in Shimon's house when it's, when it, when it, when it, when, when it's a, matter, a matter which is necessary for the well-being of Shimon, that was never included in the nether and of its mother. That's a great idea, but why is it mother? Only to stand, then it should be mutter even to sit. Even when he's even when he's sitting, he's still providing the needs of Shimon. Says Gemara, Avshar Ramida, because it's possible to do it with just stand. So meaning, really, it should be also completely for Reuben to come in. It's mutter him to come in to the extent that it's necessary for Shimon's well being. It's not necessary specifically for Shimon's well being for him to sit. So you get as little enough from me as possible. Usually unequivocally, don't get anything. Of course, I'll include you're allowed to do something that you get enough from as long as it's for me. But, 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 but to sit is beyond what's necessary for me. So therefore, you better stand when you're in the house. Very good. So, okay, those are the different approaches that we have for the Mishnah. So, frankly, Gemara, so now look at the Brisa. Basically, it says in the Brisa, we're talking about the same thing, doing Bikr Cholim when there's a nether conflicting. So it says, if he himself, meaning the subject of the nether, got sick, so now what? The visitor comes to visit him. If the son got sick, then the visitor can't come visit him, but he has to stand in the street, meaning... The way, the way you should, what you should do is an interesting thing. If you can't pay a Bikr Cholim visit, what you should do is still try to find out about the patient. Fascinating idea. If you can't pay a Bikr Cholim visit, whatever reason you're, you're, you're restricted. In this case, it's a nether that's stopping you. Whatever thing, you can't pay a Bikr Cholim visit, you're too busy, you, don't, you should at least do, ask about it. Ramayish, you bring the big famous Ramayish, is that you should always call. Right? What's, what's calling? That's not the Bikr. Right? That's not the essential mitzvah. It's not But it's like a Bidiyevit, what we see here, you ask about him in the market, even though you can't come into the house to visit him. So we're saying a mamash, a case of a mother hana, where there's a case of one person getting sick, the visitor comes. But if the son, then the visitor can't come in. So what's the case? Like Ula, very good. It's the possessions of the sick person are also on the visitor. It's the case where Reuven can't get on off from Shimon and Shimon got sick. Reuven can't come visit him. And as we explained, the person didn't put a net on the visitor when it was necessary to his own well-being. Then Shabbat, everything is good because we could say we're talking about the same case. And the reason why there's a difference between the vower and the son is because even though I didn't, I excluded myself from the nether for something that was for my own well-being, I didn't exclude you from coming in my house just because it's for my son's well-being. Again, Shimon told Reuven, you can't get any benefit from me. Could Reuven show up to Shimon's house to pay a bigger cholim visit? The answer is it depends. If it's for Shimon himself, yes, he could show up because we assume Shimon didn't include Reuven showing up to his house for when it's for Shimon's own well-being. But when it's Shimon's son who gets sick, we have no reason to assume that he didn't include this scenario from Reuven, from Reuven being restricted to come into the house. Great explanation. We understand. Elul Shmuel, according to Shmuel, the issue was the other way. Reuven was sick and Shimon was coming to visit him. What's the difference about the father or the son? And the, the Ran explains what the Gemara is really coming to ask here. There's like a first question which even goes without saying. The first goes without, without saying is that and in this case, right, Reuven can't get enough from Shimon. 
but 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 we, we, we don't know that the nether was made on the sun. Meaning, it's Reuven who can't get Hana. It's not Reuven's son who can't get Hana, is it? So why can't, if, if, if it's Reuven's son who got sick, why can't Shimon come in and sit and do whatever he wants? That's like the obvious question. But even if we're going to say, even, fine, even if you're going to say that, no, the terms of the nether was that Shimon can't give Hana to Reuven or his son, very good. But it should at least be the same thing, that he could come and stand but not sit. It's Mashman, no, for the son, he can't even come in at all. Why? What's the difference? Reuven's son got sick. Shimon now can't come in at all. If Reuven got sick, we're saying he could come in because he's doing the mitzvah and just indirectly giving him benefits. So he'll stand, but he won't sit, as we said. So then if the Reuven's son got sick, why can't you say the same thing? The only way to understand the price is the other way, where it's Shimon who got sick versus Shimon's son who got sick. And there we're saying Reuven who can't benefit from Shimon could show up to do Bikr Cholim for Shimon only when it's about Shimon, but not for Shimon's son. That would make sense, but the other way doesn't make sense. So Amalash Shmuel tells you you're right. I agree that the Bryce was talking about the case where Reuven got sick, where, where Shimon got sick. I was only talking about the Mishnah. In the Mishnah that spoke about standing and sitting, that's where I told you it's where the possessions of the visitor are also on the sick person. That's where I explained it that way. Where Reuven got sick and Shimon is showing up. But I agree that you're right. The Bryce that we're talking about, the distinction between father and son, is talking about where the possessions of the sick person are also to the visitor, where Shimon got sick. So the Bryce is differentiating between the father and the son. Because the father's nether, the father excludes from his nether his own needs, but not the needs of his son, as explained. But the Mishnah was not speaking about that. The Mishnah was going the other way. Shmuel's adamant, where Reuven, uh, Reuven got sick. Says the Gemara, my Pascha, what? Why are you distinguishing? Meaning, once you see the Brisa speaking about that case, and that's true. So why didn't Shmuel just say like Ula? Meaning, once you have, to, you're forced to interpret the Brisa in a case where Shimon got sick and Reuven's coming to visit him. So he just explained the Mishnah that way, also the way Ula did. Why are you saying no, no, no? The Brisa was talking about that case, but the Mishnah was talking about this case. Why are you doing that? So Amar Rava Shmuel, this interpretation that Shmuel gave for the Mishnah, Mashis and Kashise, he saw a difficulty in the Mishnah that made him explain it that way. The Mishnah said the Bikr Cholim is only standing, not sitting. Again, the Brisa didn't say that. The Brisa made a chil between the father and the son. The Mishnah made a chile between standing and sitting. Shmuel said, what's the reason you can only stand and not sit? What's the difference? Shitting should also be mutter. In other words, he didn't understand, like Ula, that if it's Reuven who can't benefit from Shimon and Shimon got sick, that Reuven could come in and only stand and not sit. If he excluded Reuven from things that are necessary for his own well-being, then let Reuven sit also. So Ula said, no, it's Efser to stand. Shmuel didn't buy that. So that's why Shmuel said, why would the Mishnah say you can stand and not sit? It must be that the case is where, where the possessions of the visitor are also to the sick person. Reuven got sick. Shimon is coming in and doing a mitzvah, and we're saying only stand and not sit, either because waiving the fee is not allowed, or because we're scared, as we saw, that he's going to spend too much time once he sits down, and then it will turn beyond a bigger home visit. So I know it was a little complicated with all the things, so let me just make a quick summary, and then we're going to see a, a lot of Agatha and Amin Beis. The quick summary that we have is that we have two different possible scenarios to discuss in a mother on scenario getting in the way of Bikr Cholim. One, assuming Reuven can't get on off from Shimon, could, if Reuven got sick, could Shimon pay him a visit? Some people learned that's what the Mishnah was talking about. Shmuel learned that way. And the Mishnah was saying that essentially he could, as long as he's doing the mitzvah of Bikr Cholim, everything else is just inadvertent. Um, it's just indirect benefit. However, he shouldn't sit. He shouldn't sit because he might be waiving a fee that he could normally ordinarily charge for sitting. That's an issue. And number two is he might spend too much time there once he sits down, which will be beyond the Bikr Cholim visit. And then it's just he's giving him pleasure. The other scenario to look at is where Shimon gets sick. And Reuven wants to enter into Shimon's house. Reuven can't get a from Shimon. Could he come to his house? And we assume he could because Shimon excluded Reuven from the nether of coming into his house and, and benefiting from him when it was things that were necessary for Shimon's own well-being. Everybody agrees if Shimon's son got sick, Reuven cannot pay the Bikri Cholim visit. 
Where do we find an allusion to the mitzvah bikrachol? So the Rambam already tells us, important you say, the Gemara is going to find this specific pasuk where we see bikrachol. But bikrachol is about something that's in the pasuk in the sense that it says to follow after God's ways. We try to mirror Hashem. And Hashem was mavakrachola. The Gemara says, I visited Avram. So Bikr Cholim is really conceptually just being a good person, having good midos. There's no question about that. But what Argamar means is, where do I see specifically in the Pasuk that way? I mean, he has a general thing. Follow God. Be like God. Be a good person. You know, have the right midos. That's general. We want to know a specific Pasuk, a specific illusion. Amarava, this is my Moshe Rabbeinu. So let's understand the context. Korach is rebelling. What's happened? Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the people, I'm telling you that if I'm right, a crazy thing is going to happen and Korach is going to die unnaturally. So he, if, he's, if I'm not right, then Korach will not die unnaturally. So what is the Pasek saying? These people will die the death of all people. Meaning, if they won't die a crazy death, if they'll die regular, then you'll know I'm wrong, Moshe says. So what does that mean, die regular? How does everybody die? Korach and his Ada, what would happen to them? They'll just get sick and be in bed, right? Grow, they'll be old and stuck in bed, and then eventually, you know, no one, no, no, they'll, they'll die. But what does the Pasek say? The Pasek goes on to say, that everybody will go visit them. So that's what it means. Some people will visit them to see, to see if they need anything. That's Moshe Rabbeinu when he's describing the way people natural, naturally die. He says, people die naturally and everyone is visiting them. So you see that Pikr Cholim is something that happens when people are stuck in bed. That's all. Says the Gemara. So then, what's the continuation of the pasuk? Maprios Omer. What would people say? And this is rhetorical. If Korach and his followers are not dying a strange, unnatural, miraculous death, but rather just being sick in bed, and people are visiting them like it always happens, then you know the Hashem Shalachani loves that. God never sent me for this whole thing. That's what Moshe is saying rhetorically. But his point is that's not going to happen. There's going to be a crazy, unnatural death to Korach and his followers, and that's how you're going to know I'm right. Okay. So therefore, we see. Um, that just an allusion to Bikr Cholim from that possible. What does Moshe continue and say? But if Hashem will make a creation, right? What's a creation? That the world was going to open up and swallow Korach. So what's the creation? If Hashem already created Gehenim, Mutav will be fine. Then Gehenim itself will come and swallow Korach. But if Gehenim had not been created, let Hashem create now. So meaning what the Gemara is picking up on is the Lushan of Im, if. What does Moshe mean, if? What he's saying is, I'm not sure yet if Gehenim has been created. If Gehenim has been created, let that take effect. If not, let God create Gehenim to do it. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. Ini Vatanya says in a bride, so should be torn to the There were seven entities that existed before the world. Seven things preceded the world, meaning that the, the, the world would never have been able to come into existence without them being there first. Elohim, Torah, Teshuvah, repentance, Gan Eden, the idea of a paradise, Gehenim, punishment. Kisei HaKavod, God's throne, Beis HaMikdash, the idea of a Beis HaMikdash, which is obviously, what does that mean, Beis HaMikdash? I mean, there's no Beis HaMikdash until right, a few more than a thousand years after the world was created. But uh, it's very interesting. What does that mean? The concept of Beis HaMikdash, a lot to think about with that. Ushmo um, Mashiach, and the name of Mashiach, meaning the concept of having, uh, you know, the, the, the tzaddik who can redeem us. Al-Kopanim, one of the things that it says was Gehenim. And now the Gemara is just going to go through, just, we're going to fly through it, but just, to see how all these things came before the world. Torah, the Siv HaShakonanim, Rishis Darko. Hashem made me the Torah in the beginning of the way. Teshuva, the Siv HaTerim, before the mountains were born, there was still Tashuva and You would turn a person to his pulp and you tell him the Pasuk says to Teshuva. Gan Eden, the Siv HaTashuva, the Gan was there from before. 
Tafta was already prepared from yesterday. And Tafta, we understand, is a name for Gehenim because like, it's a lashon of being seduced. The people who are seduced go there. Your throne was established from old. What does that mean from old, from before the world? The throne of glory um, was Merom Rishon in the place of our Beis HaMikdash. May his name endure forever and his name was before the creation of the sun. Okay, that's the end of the proofs for the Brisa. So bottom line is we say that Gehenim was created first. So if Gehenim was there, what does Moshe mean if Gehenim's there? Of course Gehenim's there. Says Puma. Was there an opening that people can fall into Gehenim? That's the question. Of course, Gehenim is there, but do we have an opening that Korach can fall in? Then what of good? But lo, if there's no creation of the opening for Gehenim, for Hashem, let Hashem create one now. Says the Gemara, that still is also a wrong shot because the Pasuk in Koelis tells us what's the famous idea? There's nothing new under the sun. There's an, that's an idea. It's not just an expression. It's an idea. It's a, an idea of our faith that there's no new creations that follow the six days of creation. So how can Moshe tell Hashem create something new? That's the question. Says the Gemara, of course there was an opening to Gehenim, but if the opening isn't close to the spot where we are standing, Hashem should bring that spot here. So that's not a new creation. That's just movement. That Moshe Rabbeinu can daven. So bottom line is, Moshe is davening for Korach and his Aida to fall into Gehenim. And that's the idea of the world swallowing them. But Moshe was saying, if the opening is not here, then let the opening move here. Says the Gemara, what is the meaning of the Pasuk here? It's a Pasuk in Chavakuk. Now the Pasuk in Chavakuk is not explicitly talking about Korach, but we interpret it about Korach. Shemesh Yerech Ahmad Zvulah. It says the sun and the moon stood, stood in Zvulah, which is the place where they are, and then and they went to make light. So what's going on? So let's just understand one thing. There are seven layers to heaven, the Gemara Chagiga tells us, and Zvul is one of the names. Literally, the word Zvul just means like a place of where, where things exist, like a habitation. But the specific term of Zvul is the fourth of the seventh heaven. So normally, the ordinarily, the Gemara tells us in Chagiga that the sun and the moon, all the luminaries are in the second level. So what's going on? What are the sun and the moon doing in Zvul? They're usually in the Rakia, which is the second level. This teaches us, there was one time in history, and we're going to reference that it was the time of the Koras rebellion, when the sun and the moon went up to the regular places, they went from Rakia to the Zvul. They complained to Amram. If you do justice and you defend Ben Amram, who is Moshe Rabbeinu, we'll continue to light the world. And if you don't, we're not going to give light anymore. Meaning they threatened HaKadosh Baruch What's the pshat in the sun and the moon threatening HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What would be a statement as Azach? So pshat's like this, a very interesting thing. The sun and the moon struggled once with the same thing that Korach and Moshe were struggling with. They struggled with equality. The sun and the moon were originally equal. They complained, how do you have to do the same crown? And, and eventually the sun, the sun was, just stayed the same and the moon was diminished. And the idea was that, you know what? The moon, you're not the bad guy necessarily. But the point is that we don't all have to be perfectly equal. And that's okay. And people have different roles and different acceptance and different things. And v'chule, v'chule. And that's the, the lesson of the sun and the moon forever. That's not, you know, it's not a better and a worse one. It's just different. So when it came to Korach, that's exactly his rhetoric. Everybody's holy. Why do you have leadership? Why, why are you better than me? So the sun and the moon come up and they're like, God, I thought that was the lesson of the world. The sun and the moon, right? That's the point, that they're not equal. Equal, not everything's equal. So why aren't you being Osadin? Osadin, Levan Amram. That's the Pshat, why it's the sun and the moon. What happens? Hashem is not happy with this. 
They said Hashem started throwing arrows and spears at the sun and the moon. Amalami said to them, I don't understand. It might be you're saying good, but this is when you come to complain. Every day, people worship you. People are doing Avodah Zarah. What's the easiest Avodah Zarah? The sun and the moon, right? They're bowing to you. Do you come up and, and protest? You don't protest anything. Only for my honor, for my honor, you don't care. But for your honor, for honor of Moshe Rabbeinu, that, that's when you come protest? That's what Hashem said to them. So therefore, they accepted this. And therefore, they said, you know what? We're going to stop. We're, we should be throwing. We shouldn't be shining if people are, 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 are bowing to us. So every day, there are arrows and spears that should be thrown down by us to the world. That's the end of the Pasuk, that they went to make light because of your arrows. The idea is some sort of retribution. I don't know exactly what this is. I once heard somebody say these are cancerous rays of the sun. I have no clue. Obviously, but the point is that uh, in the story, there's some glory of God that, uh, that, that the sun and the moon take upon. All right, Tanya says in a price of Bikr Cholom, visiting the sick is a mitzvah. There's no shear, there's no limit to Bikr Cholom. So, come on, what do you mean there's no limit? We're talking about the reward. The reward that a person gets for visiting the sick is, you know, you can't even imagine. Other mitzvahs you could imagine, there's a finite amount. There's no finite amount to none. A person should be scrupulous to do a small mitzvah the same way they would do a major mitzvah. We have no clue, we can't imagine what a mitzvah is. So, why are you singling out the reward for Bikr Cholom? And it means even a great person to a lesser person. Meaning, it doesn't make a difference what the disparity is. It doesn't make a difference how low a person is and that the Mavakar is the greatest person in the world. It makes no difference. Bikr Cholom, you always do. Rav Amar, it means, even a hundred times during the day. As long as you're not messing up the sick person, even a hundred times a day. If you did a hundred Bikr Cholom visits a day, how long would each one be? You already start seeing Bikr Cholom is not about how much time you spend there. You take away a 60th of the suffering. Fascinating. Whether this is a directly a rational thing, a spiritual thing, not so clear. So the obvious question, if a person is sick, just bring 60 people, go visit him. Obviously, he'll be better. So no, the 160th don't aren't in the same amount. It's Bisura Debe Rebbe. It's like the tenth that's the tenths that we speak about in Rebbe's Yeshiva. We'll talk about that in a second. In other words, it's a tenth. And then when 90% remains, it's a tenth of 90 and then v'chule, v'chule. So it's not all in the same amount, so it doesn't take it away. And furthermore, v'ven gilo, another important variable, it only works if it's the same gil, the same, what's it called, horoscope of the, of, of the person. It has to be the similar temperament, similar characteristics. If it's a random person you don't connect with, it doesn't work. Some people say it doesn't mean specifically the same horoscope. It means, you know, the same, someone you won't really want to see. If it's not a person you don't want to see, it's worthless. Titania says in a bride, Rebbe Yomer, and a daughter is being supported by the estate inherited by the brothers. Remember, we learned this in Tzubis, Kishmak. The estate is inherited by the sons, but the sons that have an obligation to support her. And when she gets married off, they have to give her dowry. So the dowry, the father usually would give a tenth of his estate to his daughter. So the, the sons are expected to give a tenth. No, it does Israel Sachem. So I'm a little Rebbe, he said to Rebbe, Varecha, Mishesho Ezra, Banus, Ben. Imagine there are 10 daughters and a son. Ain't a little Ben, Makam, Banus, Glum. So all 10 girls get married and the son's left with nothing because each one takes a tenth. So I'm a little that's not what I mean. We show no, it does Israel Sachem. The first daughter to get married takes a tenth. Shniya, Bamasha, Shaira. The second one gets a tenth of what remains. She's not, she's not going to walk away with the same amount of money in her pocket. A tenth of what remains. The third one takes a tenth of what remains. And then eventually they all share the portions equally. Okay, we'll stop here. Bottom line is, that's what we meant. 60 people take, you take a 60th, it means a 60th of what remains, not the same amount of what was there before.